What's up, guys? It is your girl, Sarah from Sarah Style today. Sarah Styles here today. I'm thinking ahead of um, my words. Are, my brain is working faster than my mouth. Um, today, I am on with Chris from Daily Refinement. We just finished up a chat on his channel. So after this channel, um, definitely head on over there and talk or listen to that. We talked a little bit about how to do more with less, um, which in my life is 100% what I am looking for. I am a busy mom of three. Um, I enjoy having my own business and I enjoy um, the what it gives me, um, not just monetarily, but having something that's my own. But I also am a mom of three and I want to be able to do both of them. I was getting to the point where I was doing more, doing more, working lots of nights, working all weekend. Um, and I'm wanting to figure out how to minimize that, but still have my business grow. So we talked a little bit about that. We'll continue to talk about that on these weekly calls every Wednesday, six o'clock on his channel, 630 on my channel. Yes, Jacob, it is Wednesday. The only reason I was telling my husband this today, the only reason I know that it's Wednesday is because I had a live with Chris today. Um, however, yesterday I had a live set up and it was set up on the rock time. So that's not always <laughs> the case for it anyway. But um, here is Chris with Daily Refinement for our weekly chat. We just, like I said, came from his channel. Um, so for people that did not follow from your channel, I want to check in with you and see how your week was. Um, what were you up to this week? We're checking in with the chat. With you, Chris. Oh, with me. Talking. Well, the chat too. How was your week? How was everybody's week? How's everybody's week? Yep. So my week has been awesome. I am optimizing my new space. Somebody said something to me that kind of rocked me a few days ago, which was they wanted to maximize their current space. I am not maximizing my current space. I could, I could easily quadruple the amount of listings that I do without adding any more space. It's very inefficient. So I looked through the different space. I drew it all out last night. And in fact, this is kind of important. Hopefully this helps other people. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with how to optimize it. I heard that you need to optimize your space. Then that was Monday. Couldn't sleep because it was kind of bugging me. Last night, I wrote down what I thought would help me optimize my space, slip like a baby. Yeah. So just got to get it out of your brain. Your brain is designed to come up with ideas, not hold ideas. I heard that somewhere and it just stuck. That's interesting that you say that because you are big. I watched one of your videos this week about like doing a journal and I actually um, ordered a three binder or a three um, subjects because I do reselling, I do my dashboard and I do social media. Mm -hmm. And I'm often awake in the middle of the night because for me, it's time that I have to myself without children. <laughs> so I think it mm -hmm. is time that I can actually think. Um, and I will pull out my phone and um, write ideas that I have, but I'm trying to write things down as I have them in here. Um, and I've actually noticed that I have been sleeping. Like I didn't, until you said that, I didn't dawn on me, um, but I am realizing that it helps me sleep better. So I think that is definitely a great reminder. And then it also helps me keep a to-do list. Um, Gabe is asking us, are we sourcing right now? I'll only let you go. Only online, because we're not open yet. Oh yeah. So like what kind of online or what kind of online do you do? So right now I am looking at most of my day sourcing is looking through um, manifests. So people have certain things to sell and I'm looking through to see which lots I want to buy. Um, in some parts of the country, they're open up, opening up, but I'm mainly interested in businesses. 
So I want to be the go-to. So my sourcing is divided between looking for new people to contact. So one of the categories that I'm doing is golf courses. So I'm reaching out to new golf courses and asking them what happens at the end of the cycle. Um, also, um, golf is one of the few things that is open. So people, it's kind of built in social distancing. Mm -hmm, so right. that's one thing. The other one is looking through businesses who've said, okay, I want you to sell my stuff and I'm determining if, it, if it's worth it or not. So, so is there like a place that has all of that information or you're like just looking online for places? So I'm looking online, but specifically near me. So that's probably one of the biggest hacks is I put that on my Instagram a couple of days ago. I'm really surprised that people didn't like that post very much because it's extremely useful. This, this gentleman, William said he wanted to maximize his local distributors and suppliers. And he's like, honestly, I could do that the rest of my life. Like I'm not, I'm nowhere near. I don't know any, I don't even know a, a fraction of the businesses that are actually around me. I don't know what the opportunities yeah. are. And I want to have the relationship local because local is better, but then reaching them, you can't just show up. They're not going to meet you. You still have to email them and call and, you know, get to know them a little bit. And it, it's best if you can reach out to them and you already know a little bit about them. Hey, you guys have Bob's toy store. An example is near me, there is a toy store that doesn't have a website. And I'm like, How, what, what, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> what year are you in? Like, it's, it's, it's horrible. And, How are they um, still open? Especially know, they, right now. They, they don't have a website. And I'm like, there's no way you're doing well. And they're not. Yeah. So when I reached out, they're like, yeah, um, we have a lot of back stock. And I, this is the question I always like to ask, which is what happens when stuff doesn't sell? And they said, it goes in the back room. It just sits there so forever. I'm like that's not a good. That's horrible. That's, I didn't say it's horrible. I said, um, "Is that is there a way for me to work out a deal or try something small?" And that relationship I've had for a couple of years now, but they still don't have a website. Well, so you need just need so, to build them a website, and that's your new business venture is building them a website. I, I don't want them to build a website. I want them to just to sell to their local people. But this is what I'm talking about. Like this is one of those businesses that, um, I, you know, um, I saw on their door it said we're closed for for um, the pandemic. Call us, and we'll tell you what we have. And I'm like, that does, who is going to do that? Yeah, um, right. Just, Nobody. That was amazing to me. That, that yeah, you're going to get on Amazon quickly. Um, someone, so our sourcing has opened up. Um, I have not, I went once when it first opened and it was awful. Um, they hadn't put in, put out any new inventory since they had closed. So it was all stuff that I had already seen. And they're kind of keeping up with that. They're keeping things in the back for weeks at a time. They're only putting the inventory out once a week. Um, so I'm trying to look other places. I did buy a very large reseller mystery box that I unboxed today. Um, it's I'm doing the unboxing on my YouTube tomorrow. So I won't tell you guys how it was. Uh, okay, well, I don't want to okay, tell okay, you, okay, you fine. have to watch the video. Fair enough. Um, I have I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I'll say I, it, it was interesting. Watch the video. We can talk maybe next week about it. Um, but I'm trying to find different ways and I am enjoying, I like thrifting, but you've kind of put it in my mind, like having inventory come to me. And it's been nice because I used to go Saturday mornings was my thrifting and now Saturday mornings I'm doing other things and being productive, um, in other ways and not feeling 
is stress. So I am liking that. I'm trying to find other ways to do that. So I'm writing all of these ideas that you have in my list. Um, I was thinking I am a licensed hairstylist. And so I can reach out to buy products from, cause you have to be certain products, you have to have a license, but I don't know how it is reselling those items if there's regulations on that or not. So I have to look into that. Um, but that was one idea I had randomly the other day and I was like, oh, I can get products that other people cannot get. Um, can I resell that? So I also, I don't know how this works either, but um, I, I, I looked into, um, I, I can't remember if it was like nail products or some, some kind of wholesale place. And I remember I was looking around in a store and I'm like, I don't know any of this stuff, but I'm curious what it works. So I was walking around and a lady was buying stuff. And the guy at the register said, is this for your salon or for yourself? So this made me think, what, why would you ask that? Is it a different yeah. price? Well, you know what I mean? Like that, that's interesting to me was if you went in as like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing some, some shopping or I'm sorry, not sourcing. What is it called? Um, I'm, I'm the purchaser for this salon. Yeah. I think that's a different conversation. Well, so most places you can't even purchase if you don't have a license, like you cannot mm. check out unless so like places like um, Ulta or Sally Beauty Supply, you get a discount if you have a license. But most places that, you know, hair salons, um, nail salons and stuff purchase from, you cannot buy unless you show that you have a license. Um, and you get it at, I mean, you get it, it's not cost because they're getting that cost and then upselling it to you, but you get it most salons buy it at like 50% or upsell it at 50%. Um, but I know that there's regulations about whether you can sell that or not online um, because of, you know, people doing what I would be doing. So, but that was something that I was like, oh, I have like a little something that other people might not have. I can look into that. Um, I thought there was a question. Oh, here we go, Chris. How much capital do you think we need to do what Chris is talking about, calling businesses and people to work out those sourcing deals? Mm, I would say that the first, that's a good question. The mm -hmm. first um, price that you're going to get is, it's funny that you mentioned that, is half off. So like the items mm -hmm. are $100 and they're going to be, you can have, you can have all the clearance for 50. And that's sort of the best deal for them because they didn't lose any money. They paid 50 to sell it for 100, right? So yeah. if it depends on what size the business you're calling. If you're calling um, a mom and pop salon, I think maybe two grand at the most, like for their out of season stuff. But I think that for a mom and pop place, probably 15,000 would be the highest possible amount I can think of for like their inventory expiring and they want to get new stuff. And so I would say you, you could probably start as low as a thousand, but I think it would be insulting to be like, I'll just take some of your clearance. They'd be like, yeah. why, am I, why am I talking to you? Well, and I think, um, actually my husband's saying that in the chat, but I think you have to be in a position if you're going to say, hey, I want to do this for you. And they say, okay. And then you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> I don't have that money. Right. Um, so probably starting, you know, somewhere smaller and figuring out something, but definitely a couple of grand to be able to make it work. If you're like, oh, I'll buy something for $200. They're going to be like, okay, you're not worth my time, right? I'm, like, I'm going to give you an example of how you can do it without capital. When I first started, okay, I didn't know, I didn't know a lot of brands. So I went to All Saints, which is, it was, it was selling decent on, on eBay. So I went to the outlet and I'm like, I do not know how to buy this stuff. It's really out of my uh, league of, of understanding. And I don't know what's popping. In fact, 
I posted some items on Poshmark and eBay and people would, would uh, message me like, are you high? I can get this at the outlet for that price. And I'm like, exactly. Right. So <laughs> I, I was like looking, but I didn't, I didn't understand the game yet. So yeah. I listed all those items without buying anything. I just took a picture at the outlet and posted it to see what kind of interest there was going to be because I didn't know. Right. So, and what would happen was when it sold, um, I would drive to the outlet and, and buy it. Right. And it was fine. I did that with um, the one that was the most successful for me in the outlet was Yankee Candle. Um, those sold like crazy, although it was like I was making 50 cents a candle and yeah. I had a 12 percent a, a breakage rate. So it wasn't like I was definitely losing money because yeah. one out of 10 would break and um, they're already super low profit. My point is, you know, you can just get a feel of it before you say, let me buy all the clearance. Yeah. You don't you you should actually like that product. And I don't like um oh I was gonna say if the item can break, you should have a penalty. It should be like um negative twenty dollars if if it can be broken. If you're looking because at you're that, shipping things because now. you're shipping things and you're also some of them stuff is going to break even if it's not your fault. Yeah. Um, and that actually your point and, you know, you're losing profit um, and things were breaking and stuff that kind of I wanted to touch on that a little bit more from our chat that we had on yours building up the velocity. Um, so I am starting to build steam on eBay. However, it, I look at my numbers and it makes me want to cry <laughs> because my average sale price is like in the toilet um, and I'm doing free shipping. So I'm taking money out of a lower average sale price, um, but I'm okay because I'm hoping that like eventually that'll increase. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how that works. Like at what point can I start to, I mean, I've been doing it for about three weeks now, free shipping on everything, lots of really priced items. Um, when is a good time to kind of start messing? Like when is that stable enough to be like, okay, let me take a little bit down and see if that shifts things. So you have a unique situation where you're, you're good at listing. So my advice is going to be a little bit different for you, which is just whatever you're comfortable with right now, you have 49 listings a week going up, but you don't have 49 sales yet. Mm -hmm. So I would say we're not even done leaving it at the velocity being no profit. I would let, if you can, I would be more patient and wait till it's, it's similar so that 49 are selling and 49 are going up. And even if you're breaking even, you now have the habit of, of you've got the systems in place to list all these items. Now, here's the down, here's an, this is also interesting because it depends on how easy you can replace these items. If sourcing is tight, don't do that because you don't have, you want to squeeze out as much as possible. If you can yeah. get inventory and then I would say, um, launch them, get, get, as long as you're not losing money, get the, the store rolling because then the 49 items that you're putting into your store, eBay will assume it's the same kind of stuff and it will give you similar traffic to hopefully convert to the higher profit. And so the new stuff is going in at higher and just, cause what I'm doing now is getting rid of like old stuff. I'm like, I've had this forever. Like still sad to not make a profit on it, but I'm like, get rid of it. Um, well, that makes sense to build up a little bit more velocity. And so you talk about this 49 in 49 out thing. I want you to speak a little bit more to that because what makes me a little, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but you can't, if you're selling as much as you're putting in, then you can't grow. That's right. But you, you can't, so, you, you can't grow, but you've reached, but you can, you can look at your capacity. So for example, if you're listing 49 a week and selling 49 a week, you can decide, is this where I want to be? Or do I want 
depends on how many sales you want because this is you're okay. in a situation where it's not just you have a family you you each like 40 if you double the size of your store i don't think it would double your happiness there's like a oh, no. there's, there's like a different kind of stress right. level that comes with that right so you have yeah. to look at your what it can do is you can spend you you could say oh you know what chris instead of 49 listings a week i'm actually going to go the other direction i'm only going to list 20 items a week but really good stuff and i'm just going to wait and get all of it 49 yeah. is still some decent volume so i would say like um but i'm not listing decent stuff right now i'm going to be honest the stuff that i'm listing is not as good as what i used to because i just am not able to, like i haven't been thrifting i'm not i'm kind of just yeah. buying what i can um so i think right now it does have to be at a higher um and I'm i like the, i have the same experience but go ahead um i mean i like i'm a numbers person so the 49 and 49 out and that's kind of what you shoot for you have that this is how much money i want to make what number do i need to be listing a week to get there and if you're listing consistently for like let's say you're listing 49 a week for three months and you're not seeing 49 like at what point when you're not seeing what you're putting in coming out are you like something's wrong with something else right like either how ebay is working for me or my inventory sucks or like at what point are you like okay this something else is going on so you have to pick a sell-through rate that you're comfortable with so for me it's 15 percent. so um let's see miss taylor is saying in the chat that she's frustrated on starting with a new platform i do not have that experience usually because the new platform actually i do have that experience let me back up but it's not it's 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 sort of like I deserve to have a rough time because I'm I'm a new kid on the block. Why would that mm -hmm. new platform immediately love you? That's not how that's not how real love works. Why would it work on this platform? It takes a while to build up the trust, the relationship. You got to go on a few dates. You have to know what's going on. You have to know the other I'm, person. I'm going to disagree with you. I think that's how eBay works because I've made this analogy in the past. I think eBay is a long-term committed relationship. Poshmark is like a one night stand. You give Poshmark love for a day, you will see results. I mean, you have to have listings and stuff, but like I cannot do anything on Poshmark for a week. And then I go in there and give it a little love and I get sales. eBay for sure. And I don't know any of the other ones, but I think Poshmark, hmm. you can do a one night stand type of situation. eBay is a long-term committed relationship. And it's a needy one. <laughs> it needs some love. This is the, a good analogy because I do think that's true in a sense that maybe Poshmark is a one night stand platform, but you still need to know what those things are. Yes, true. So you still need to know what to say if you're trying to get lucky. It's not going to be. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's not easy. There's certain things you do, and you, it, it produces. Yeah. No, that's true. You do have to learn it for sure. That's a valid point. Um, and I will say it gets really frustrating to learn it, but I'm with you. It's you have to, um, I mean, you're the new kid on the block. You can't just go in and imagine, right. That you're going to do it. Are, are you looking at, so you, you had sent me a question of, um, when do I use sell similar? Do you want to chat on that? Oh yeah, sure. I know I've come up with questions and then we talk about other things, which is fine. Um, yeah. So I did have a question about the sell similar. So I am doing 49 listings, uh, week. Um, I used to do a lot of sales similar because I didn't have enough items to list, but I've been considering things that have been stale in doing them as sales similar to kind of refresh them if they're not selling. But I didn't know how that works really on eBay. Okay. So this is, this is going to be really interesting. So um, the reason why I use sales similar for the most part versus um, 
creating a brand new listing is because the eBay algorithm sells more of what was selling, even if what was selling was listed wrong. Okay, so this is kind of a funky thing. The thing that just sold, if you copy that exact listing, eBay will think it's that exact same item and give it the same kind of traffic. If you start over, they don't mm -hmm. know how that listing is supposed to be. So that's why the people who are the most successful on eBay sell similar on their own items. Yes, right. So that's and so taking it, there. taking it from a successful, I like something that's been selling well too would be helpful. But so, well, I have a question for that too. So my um, virtual assistant is saying that they she can't do sell similar on listings in like employee mode. Do you know, do you have someone work in your employee or they do it all off? Hmm, I did not know that. Um, Cause she's having, and so I'm wondering if that could be part of my sales too, if we're not doing sell similar. Does she have access to the orders page? I don't know. She doesn't do orders. I can ask her. I've given her all of the access that she's allowed as an employee, the highest level. That's where I do it from is the orders. So ho hopefully she can do it from oh. there. Oh, Yeah. So I think she was trying something else because she prefers to do sell similar because then it's already half filled out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but when she started doing it, she's having to create them from scratch. So I'll tell her that that was a side. And I'm doing it from um, my orders because that's sold for me. So I'm sort of teaching yeah. eBay, like these are the same kind of things coming in. That's smart. God, Chris, you're like, you're on it. <laughs> That's why I have you here. Smart. Um, someone did have a question, I think. Oh, someone, I've heard Poshmark customers are very needy and are very high maintenance, which has kept me from listing on there. What, what do you what, think? I don't think so. You don't think so? I would agree. I don't think they are either. I think they're actually less maintenance because you can't return. You can't, like, there's far less. They get it. They have to return it. They have three days. They don't have 30 days to return things. Um, I don't get a lot of questions on there. I don't. I feel like eBay is more maintenance than Poshmark. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I agree with the grumpy thrifters and that both are needy. But again, it's just both platforms have... The thing with um, with eBay is there's not a way to game the algorithm. That's the main difference, in my opinion. Poshmark, you can, excuse me, you can share an item and it'll move to the top of rank. With eBay, mm -hmm. it's much more complicated than that. And Miss um, Taylor had said she's not sure what turns eBay on. Everyone does a different dance. I'll tell you, everyone does yeah. a different <laughs> dance to try to make it work. It's not the same, and it's and you can. You can do the same courting dance and it will work one day and won't work the next day. So you kind of have to have a list of, you know, on Monday I call eBay and um, complain that something has happened or you send an email on Tuesday. So the thing is, is like it is more complicated, but I think overall it has way more traffic. For so you sure. kind of just have to. And it. it supports uh, the reason that I've held out so long on eBay. Um, it supports the seller a lot more than Poshmark. Um, I mean, they give you two, like, I don't have to sit there for two hours and send out offer to likes, right? I can hit one button and send out offers to everyone. The data that I mean, it definitely supports a lot better than Poshmark. Um, but it is more complex. You have to actually know what you're doing a bit more, I think, to make it on eBay where Poshmark, yeah, you can have a crappy listing and hit share and it goes to the top. Um, um, I thought I saw that. I don't get a lot of questions on Posh, but when I do, it's usually about the size or fit. Yeah, because you can't return. So I wonder if there's a bit more questions there because you can't return. 
Precisor. One of the things that Poshmark struggles with is that, like, um, I would consider, I live in an affluent area, so do you. I, I, I know a lot of women who will never shop on Poshmark because there's no return policy. They just, they're not like that. They're, they, they're willing to pay $60 for a top and they want to be able to return it if it doesn't fit. Yeah. And it is, and it, that's the customer that you want. That's why Tradesy has like hardly any traffic, but they make money because the, the items sell for full price and they can return if it doesn't work out. And I think Tradesy handles the return for you. So it's like a bed, a different kind of experience. What you get on, on, on Poshmark is a lot of thrifters. People are looking for a good deal. They want to mm -hmm. know everything about the item. And sometimes I'll say, I mean, I don't say this, but I think this, this person, um, is like almost looking for reasons not to buy it because they yeah. can't justify it. And um, I feel like after you get so many questions, like I don't want to sell to you <laughs> because after you ask so many questions, you're likely going to the person that is going to like open a case or yeah. although on the other side of that, I'm that person that asks a zillion questions because <laughs> you can't return it. So I want to make sure, but I feel like the eBay uh, buyers are actually, um, I don't want to say needed. They're looking for more of a deal. I feel like they know how I to, I mean, they know how to look, they know how to filter. They know how to look for free shipping. They know how to like do the search where people on Poshmark are like, oh, this was just shared. Okay, I'll buy that, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, I did have, I think one other question. I don't know. I think we touched on it, yeah. Oh, I did. So I was looking at my data um, for impressions. And my impression, my, all of my other stats are up, but my impressions are down. And I'm pretty sure it's because I can show you the graph, but like the beginning, because it's a rolling 28 days. So now we're looking at like the end of April, which I wasn't really as consistent. So I think that's swaying it a little bit, but just in general, can you talk a little bit about impressions and what you would do if your impressions are down or you're not getting good impressions? What, an, was, what is an impression on eBay and what does that tell you about your store? Right now, I am having a little bit of a dip. So normally, um, I would say in the last week or so, I'm down maybe 50% in organic traffic. So how I would look at it is, I guess the best thing you can do is maybe that day adjust 10% of your store. Go through, look. eBay will see that you're actively trying to adjust your store. And also, maybe you can notice a few little errors here and there. But I think, honestly, the last week, there's been some shifting. Like when we first shifted in the shelter in place, it was very funky. Now we're shifting out of it. People mm -hmm. are busy. They're figuring out how to get back to work. Um, I, and so, and it's like when there's a holiday, when there's a long weekend, all of these things usually cause traffic to drop. So I wouldn't make any, any you know, assumptions over the past couple <laughs> of weeks. But I do think that during times of turbulence, like right now, we're not... We don't even know what to believe for what's happening. So people are, are confused and some workplaces are reopening, but people are still working at home. So it's, it's a little bit funky. I don't know. I, I, I almost don't. I trust the eBay traffic chart, but I, I don't think you're doing anything wrong because I haven't done anything different in months. And I see these crazy volatile changes. 
Yeah, and I think I haven't been on eBay long enough to compare it to like how things were a couple of years ago. Mm. But right now is funky. Like it's really funky. It, it's yeah. crazy. And not only like people are trying to figure out how to go back to work, but also like what's going to happen. Like I'm concerned what's going to happen in the fall with school. Like how are we going to manage that if it comes back worse and rates go up? Like there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, it's also an election year, which you know. Mm -hmm. Lord knows what's going to happen with that right. um, on top of all of this. So having a little um, funkiness is, I was more just wondering what impressions were and how to look at it, but I wasn't overly concerned with it. I am paying a bit more attention to my um, eBay stats. And if you guys are on eBay and you don't look at your data, absolutely go look at it. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you to look at data. I'm huge on numbers, but it can, I've, you know, since I started with Chris, all I've been doing is looking at my numbers and increasing listings that aren't doing well, that aren't getting good views, and really just paying attention to those numbers to get them to go up. Um, I don't want to say it's that simple, but it, <laughs> it kind of is. Try something new and then see if it works, right? Um, what is this? So do you think starting eBay now is wise? What's your I mean, opinion? I, I think so. Opinion. Yeah. I mean, it depends on where you're at. If you have... I really ramped up eBay because I wasn't able to be sourcing a lot. And I was like, well, I already have all this inventory. It's already on Poshmark. I can be spending my time cross-listing as I'm not able to source. Um, and it's helped my um, income as well. I don't think there's, I would say yes. So this is my opinion on it. Um, I think that I'm assuming you're coming from Poshmark. Um, it's worth it if you like your Poshmark sales. Um, I think two quick people don't like their Poshmark sales and then switch add to eBay. And now what you can expect is to not learn eBay properly and your Poshmark sales will go down because you're not caring for it. So make sure your Poshmark sales are where you want them to be first, then switch to eBay. Then you'll be super happy, but don't switch while it's not working. You're compound the problem. Then you'll be flailing on two platforms and that's harder to fix. Yes, and to that point too, make sure that you have processes in place because now that you're on multiple platforms, it gets much more complex. Um, and eBay does not take it lightly if you do not have the item, if you sold it on Poshmark and you didn't take it off eBay. So if you're kind of, you know, not, to Chris's point, if you don't have it down, your processes, your listing, your Poshmark, um, I would definitely learn that. But if you have all of that done and you're wanting to increase your sales and you can't be outsourcing as much, I think it's um, would be easy to move on over. Mm -hmm. um, we are wrapping up for the half hour. If anybody has any other questions, I don't know if there's anything else. Um, we covered all my topics. I just like chatting. So people who <laughs> people are asking about returns. Uh, I am mm -hmm. very very happy with free shipping, free returns. I currently have fourteen returns out of thirteen hundred sales last month. Uh, it's like the lowest it's ever been. And I have free returns. Okay, so if if you don't have free returns or you have no returns, then um, it's definitely something that I want to mention, which is I want everyone to think about this. eBay is built on left-hand navigation. So maybe for those of you maybe have not heard that before, what that means is people shop using the left-hand navigation on the site and they narrow down their choices. They may search for a free people dress. Then they're going to search for, okay, somebody who can ship within one day, uh, free shipping, free returns, um, size six, blue, striped, buy. 
tons of people do that. Just like people on Poshmark shop from the feed. That's how people shop on eBay. So you, I don't like to eliminate the things that would eliminate me. I want to stay in the search ranking each time somebody selects one of those things. That's why I think that free shipping, free returns helps your sell-through rate go a lot higher. So yes, you're going to have returns. Some of them are going to be fraudulent. But another thing that I'm going to throw out this nugget, if you decide to do free returns, you can choose to give up to a 50% refund. Okay. You do not have to refund all their money. So, most oh, but you still come up in the ranking. Right. So, you yeah. could get an item back that somebody rented and give them a 50% return. And eBay will protect you because they're like, okay, we get it. It's expensive to offer free returns. So, in case somebody screws you, we'll try and help you. You know, like it's not perfect. You're going to get screwed sometimes, but I consider that the same as is online shoplifting. You're running a store. Right. You're going to run a store and be like, no one's ever going to overpour the drink. No, it's not going to happen. And do you do, I know you do a lot of shoes. Do you do other, because when you do clothing, I think that's what a lot of people and probably a lot of my audience is clothing. Um, that's where the scare comes in. Like people are going to buy things they don't fit and then they send them back and then you're out. Um, do you do a lot of, I know you do a lot of shoes. Do you do clothes too? Are you noticing higher return rates on clothing? So what I do is um, I have free shipping, free returns. So in the event that a return is opened, I will always ask, hey, it's going to cost me six bucks to pay for the return, which I'm totally happy with. Um, I could also give you a $6 refund um, if you're not happy with it. And then you can just give it to a friend or you can use it to, to wipe your counter, whatever. It, and that might be worth your time not to have to go to the post office. That sometimes the person will say, oh, don't worry about it. Or they may offer if they normal humans, if they think it's a person, they'll, they may say, don't worry about it. I'll pay for the return. You just have yeah. to like work it out. And, and unless you're doing an obscene amount of volume, like you should keep your, as long as your return rates under 5% in clothing, I consider that fine. Yeah. It's, and I've yeah. done that too, where someone has opened a return and I'm like, you know, I'll give you a store credit if you want that instead of returning it. And, and then I'm actually getting an additional sale on top of it because they're doing a return and that seems to work as well. Um, I did write down something else, but I don't remember what it was. So you keep free returns and free shipping on everything, but you are at the, you're at the point where you can bank that into your pricing. Yeah. Cause right now I'm just, yep. yeah, I'm just losing. Do you do best offer too? Um, not under $25. Um, but uh, I think it's what I like is either you price a little bit high with best offer or you price it the lowest without best offer. That's kind of how I recommend you run your store. So it, it also depends on the size of your store. If everyone needs the okay, this is a really good question. And I want you to write this down in your journal, which is how many customers do you want to serve? This is, this is like a good question. Do you want thousands of orders? Um, because if you want thousands of orders, how I would approach it is I would sell like toothpaste because it's not hard to, to ship toothpaste. It's pretty straightforward. I wouldn't sell a thousand lamps. That would be horrible. Like trying to figure out how to ship that. So, but when you decide how many customers do you want to serve, it solves everything because you're like, okay, if you only want to serve 50 customers per day, I'm sorry, per, per week you can offer a much more enjoyable experience to your customer. You can like this, you can know what's in your store. 
Um, so I think people sometimes don't know what they want and it makes it hard to, to really pick. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. And I tend to be the less customer person. Um, but I was doing that for so long on eBay and not getting sales. So I think I had to flip it a little bit right now to get uh, momentum going. And then I'd like to move back to the a few sales a day, but high price sales, like still making the same amount, but higher price sales. I don't want to spend an hour or two shipping. So <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give people a couple of examples, which is which is interesting. Um, before I sold, um, before I was on eBay, I sold for Lexus uh, um, here in California, and one sale per day. If you get one sale per day, um, you earn roughly one hundred and forty-four thousand a year. Okay, so this is just one sale a day, and to get one sale a day, you'd have to contact one hundred and fifty-five people. Okay, it's it's kind of a lot. Okay, yeah, so of yeah. the one hundred and fifty-five people, one hundred and forty-five of them would tell you to get lost. It probably pretty aggressively. So now you have 10 people left of those 10 people, three people will show up to try to try the car. One person will just not like the car. Two people will be left. And of those two people, one person will buy the exact same thing from you from somebody else. So that's the math. So when you have that, you're like, okay, I need to contact 155 people that equals 144. For me, I'm like, if I'm going to be in this ball busting business, I might as well make good money. If you're going to resell, you can look at it the same way. How many sales do you want? Is how many listings? Is it worth it? If you're selling helicopter parts, it's probably like four grand a piece. You don't need very many helicopter parts, but it's 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 different, right? Because yeah. I, remember, I remember this kid reached out and he's like, I only sell jets. I like I want to make I want to make $10,000 profit and do one per month. I'm like, that's very different. Okay, than clothing. So like actual jets actual jets <laughs> okay and okay and i'm just gonna give one more extreme example of this which is i have a friend yeah. that's an architect in manhattan and he's working on like the six billion dollar building in in manhattan and i'm like that's so ridiculous how many people how many firms can even bid on this project and he was like 10 in the whole world there are only 10 companies who can afford a project this big and i'm like that's only 10 phone calls that's like not that's like not that hard to figure out if the project is worth doing or not. How many jets are there for sale? Probably less than a thousand. Yeah. So But how many people are buying jets? Like not many. Not many either. But I'm saying that yeah. when I um when I I sold a $419,000 car and my boss is like who can buy this car? I'm like we basically need to look at entrepreneurs or tech people. That's it. Who's buying this car? Yeah. So okay, your market. It, it's good. And I like this is important because not only how many customers do you want to serve each week, who do you want to serve? You know, I, this is why I decided to choose. I chose Lexus instead of BMW Mercedes. I like calm, peaceful, practical people. If I worked at you BMW, if I worked at Mercedes or BMW, it would be different. I would dress a lot more fancy. I would be more cocky because that's a different customer. You know, like. It's very different. Well, and I think you have valid points. And I don't think we all think about this as resellers. We're kind of our head in the grind. And we're like, oh, this was a good, you know, I found something cool at the thrift store. And if you want to take it to the next level, looking at it more like a business and who you want to serve. And that's part of, I mean, to your point on a smaller scale, but I don't sell a lot of anthropology or like Lululemon, even though they're like the reseller hotspot. 
because it's so oversaturated and so many people like your your competition and there's so many different people there um it's not i would rather sell something that's a bit more unique where okay you have to wait a little bit longer for someone to buy it but they'll pay up and it is what it is um i'm just having a hard time sourcing that right now that's <laughs> why so i can't go to the thrift store so this, um this is so one last thought on that like if you're selling um a chanel bag right and you get a question like um like um if if i was selling a chanel bag and somebody asked me to measure something i probably would do it because this type of customer is different if i was selling a, a tommy hill figure shopping bag i wouldn't go to the trouble of that and i think i think it matters what kind of customer you're dealing with and you should it's it's the thing is though it's so much like the way that we are are we're online so people can't see the items so i just feel like some people expect chanel customer service on a reebok item and you just have to be patient yeah and i agree um and to that point too you're spending the same amount of money i think on either way that you're doing it you're just doing it like Tommy Hilfiger, you're probably having to list a lot more items, but you're not going and measuring them. Chanel, you're listing less items, but then you're giving a little bit better of a customer service and you just have to decide how you want to do that. Um, I think we're good. Okay. I know, yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining. I will see you next week. I will see everyone next week, every Wednesday. Uh, Chris's channel, we do at six o'clock and then my channel at 6.30 for our weekly live calls, mentorship um, to get me to $1,000 net, $1,000 net a week in 20 hours or less reselling. So I hope everyone has a great week and thanks for joining. If you like content like this, make sure to subscribe, give me a thumbs up. If you're watching this um, in the recording, feel free to leave comments down below for me or Chris and I will make sure that he gets them. So have a good night. Bye guys.